I had my children on the floor. I was on my favorite blanket that my grandmother gave me on the floor like a cat. And I realized in that moment the potential of what our bodies can really do as women. Like I could feel his head, I could do my own internal, like yeah, his head, I could feel it. I was in tears, I was just in tears and overwhelmed with gratitude. Hi and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast, the podcast that is bringing embodied birth wisdom from women from all over the world sharing their natural birth stories. Don't forget to subscribe and download so that you can always have access to these empowering and positive natural birth stories. Hi, my name is Anna, also known as the Spiritual Midwife, and I am the Natural Birth Podcast host. I'm a midwife and a childbirth educator, and I assist women in optimizing their chances of having an empowering and natural birth experience and a nourishing and healing postpartum. I offer holistic birth preparation and postpartum online courses worldwide for the conscious mama wanting to prepare emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually for her birth and for her postpartum. And if you want to know more about me and what I do in the world, then visit me at thenaturalbirthcourse.com. If you had a natural and empowering birth experience that you would like to share with the world, then you can email me at anna_the_spiritual_midwife at gmail.com and maybe your story will be featured on the Natural Birth Podcast. Now let's dive into today's episode. Today on the Natural Birth Podcast, we have Fiona. Fiona is a mom of three boys. Her five-year-old and her two-and-a-half-year-old were born in the UK. And at the time of this recording, her 14-week-year-old Hamish was born at home in Australia. Fiona is a birth and postnatal doula, a hypnobirthing childbirth educator, and runs the Positive Birth Program and the local pregnancy and postnatal support groups in her hometown of Ballina in New South Wales. She's committed to supporting families through pregnancy, birth, and early parenthood, and helping them to do this in an informed and empowered and supported way. She recently had a gorgeous, empowering, and fully supported birth at home with her family around her, bearing witness to the newest member of the family joining them earthside. She was attended by her midwife, Libby, who's previously been on this podcast sharing her birth stories and a doula. In this episode, we will hear about all of her three births with the focus on the last home birth with Hamish. Curious about Fiona? Find her on Insta as bumps birth and beyond. Hi Fiona and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast. How are you today? I'm great, thank you. Thanks for having me. 
It's a pleasure. Um, I heard some gossip that your uh, last birth, which is your third baba, was um, attended by the beautiful midwife Libby, which is a good friend yes. and colleague of mine. And um, so that's lovely. I can't wait to hear about that. And I, I know you've kind of whispered that that was a really empowering birth. So I can't wait to hear it. But before we dive mm -hmm. on into that, we are going to also talk about your two other babas or babies, now children, <laughs> mm -hmm. that you had mm -hmm. over in the UK and the journey you kind of took um, with each birth, the wisdom that you gained. Because I know the first one, you did have some traumatic experiences around um, the facilitation of that and, and things that unfolded. So with no further ado, do take us through your rites of passage through these three births, very different, but so so much wisdom in, in all of them, I assume. Yeah, okay, thank you. Um, yeah, so I have three boys, a five-year-old, a two-and-a-half-year-old, and a 12-week-old. Um, so have really pretty much spent the last five and a bit years pregnant or breastfeeding yeah. <laughs> um, and you know right from the very beginning of my pregnancy with my firstborn I really um, like I guess most people when they first become pregnant I had most of my knowledge about birth was really what I had learned from Hollywood mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, I didn't have a lot of like really close friends at the time that had had babies. So I, it was really down to me to figure out what I was going to do mm. in terms of um, researching and everything. So my, um, my first kind of read was Ina May Gaskin's Guide to Childbirth, which mm -hmm. literally changed my entire life and my entire sort of view on birth and what women's bodies can do. And that led me on a completely new path um, in terms of preparing for my, two, my three births and um, also in terms of my entire career. So having sort of gone through the first birth and all the preparation I did with that, I um, subsequently became a childbirth educator and a doula. So have really um, taken on this, um, you know, soul path of um, helping other women sort of achieve the births they want. Mm. So my first birth um, was five years ago now and I had planned to do um, it completely naturally um, I, in a birth centre in the UK um, and it was a really beautiful kind of home from home. Um, some of the, I did have continuity of care and some of the midwives in the community sort of group were um, really open to discussing home birth, but I was actually sort of a less less keen, I suppose, just because mm -hmm. I didn't, I guess I didn't trust myself and my body enough. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so it all went really well. I had a fairly quick sort of, I guess, first stage of labour, dilated really quickly, um, used all the um, tools that my partner and I had planned for in terms of, um, you know, birth support and water um, we got in the pool at the birth center and um, we got to the pushing stage and I, I was pushing for a really, really long time, um, about six hours, which I know is not common practice wow. really in most hospital settings. Did you um, have the urge to push for six hours as well? The uh, natural yeah. urge, yeah. Yeah, but I was also being coached too. So there was kind of both of those things going on. Um, and 
yeah, subsequently what happened was that I, myself and my little baby both got pretty fatigued and they were quite concerned about um, our heart, that his heart rate and, and my blood pressure and everything. So we got um, transferred to the labour ward and had a pretty stressful and traumatic experience in terms of um, the fact that he was so far down the birth canal and they could actually see him crowning mm. each time I was pushing um, and so there was, it was kind of, the conversation kind of went, um, we're going to try and sh- like move his position and, and give you an episiotomy and a forceps delivery. But if we can't do that, then you're going to have to have a C-section. So it was pretty stressful. And we were, you know, obviously at that point, my only thing was, let's just get this baby out safely. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did result in an episiotomy and, um, this sort of obstetrician literally putting his hands inside me and and turning him around and then pulling him out with forceps. So it was a fairly um, big leap, I guess, from where we had aimed for the birth to go. Um, and I did carry a lot of trauma around that in terms of um, feeling like I'd failed and, mm. um, you know, just in terms of the, the episiotomy as well. I wasn't I was, it was never part of my plan to accept an episiotomy. I always wanted to tear naturally if I could. Um, and long story, but I actually took a long time for that to heal physically as well, which mm. kind of caused me a lot of other, um, I guess, um, sort of trauma as well in terms of healing from that process. Yeah. Um, so anyway, like, it, you know, it's, I think, I do believe in that um, the saying that you have the birth you need to have in order to sort of teach you the things you need to know for the next part of your journey. And I really do think that looking back on my entire, that first birth, I learned a lot and um, learned a lot about myself, learned a lot about my own limits, learned a lot about what I was willing to take, you know, accept and not accept in terms of my care. Um, And in hindsight, I think, looking back and really having done a lot of um, deep thinking and deep sort of reflection on my birth um, I do think I mean he was wasn't in a great position and that's why he was kind of getting stuck Um, but he was obviously posterior and I think that had someone helped me by sort of suggesting a change in position or um, you know really talked through that with me instead of kind of just letting me push for so long and um yeah then it kind of escalated and and it potentially could have been avoided if I'd because I was reclining in the Mm. pool and I was kind of pretty happy in that position and I didn't I don't really remember ever moving out of that position for that whole time so Mm. um I think you know my instincts weren't to move um and I know a lot of the time your instinct is to move but my instinct was just to kind of rest in between each surge and stay in that position because I had my partner behind me um and yeah looking back I think with all the knowledge I now have Mm. and also um having had two other births that were really quite empowering I can see that maybe if I'd had a little bit of guidance to change positions it might have been avoidable yeah. Um, but like I said, it really taught me a lot. Yeah. So, um, and he is a really, you know, healthy, happy bub. Yeah. Um, the only other thing just to mention around that birth in particular was that we had a really strong wish to keep our placenta. Yeah. Um, and 
or there was a little bit of meconium in the waters and because of that um, they just literally chucked the placenta out in the waste disposal and didn't let us even look at it or talk to us about it so it wasn't until afterwards when I asked where the placenta was they said oh no it was um, contaminated with meconium so we had to um, dispose of it but actually it would have been fine to have kept so I was really upset about that and I still sometimes get a little bit upset about that because I really felt that that was a decision that should have been left to us and um, was taken out of our hands so yeah, yeah, I can really understand that. Yeah, that should definitely yeah. be consulted with you for sure. Yeah, something that I just thought about uh, as you were sharing, because this is something we actually haven't, I can't remember actually talking about this on the podcast before, is the difference between having an episiotomy and naturally tearing. And you said, and I understand that you're know, doing your research, um, you find this out that it's much better to tear naturally, right, than to have an episiotomy mm-hmm. when it comes to healing. And just for mamas listening, especially first-time mamas who might not know this, I just thought it was a great opportunity for us to both talk about that a little bit. How mm-hmm. so? When you tear naturally, then the healing process uh, is much smoother. The muscle fibers have torn and then can then come back much more uh, readily than when it's a clean cut. Um, it just tends to be kind of less scar tissue, less problems. It just has much better um, outcomes for women, both physically and and then obviously also tearing naturally is a totally different experience than actually being cut. And so mm-hmm. I just wanted to hear your reasoning. What was your reasoning to one, like having that as like already for your first birth? Like what was it that made you think that I don't want to have an episiotomy? Um yeah, just mostly the research around the different healing processes and um, how much better it is to tear naturally. So I had done a lot of reading, as I said, in terms of Ina May Gaskin's book. I had done some hypnobirthing, um, various other research uh, re, um, resources. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I had just done a lot of, I guess, of my own exploration around that, and had really felt that that was definitely my preference was to tear rather than be cut um I and you know ultimately unfortunately because I had an instrumental delivery some obstetricians aren't don't feel that they can do an instrumental delivery without cutting you Mm, as well um, to give them more access and they really felt at the time or they said that at the time that that was necessary for them to be able to turn him and, and and pull him out um so yeah, and you know, it my experience with it has been that it was quite hard to um, really recover from that uh, cut. Mm. It didn't get infected, but it took a really, really long time to heal. So it was very tender and sort of kind of open for quite a long time. And I kept it really clean and and all that kind of thing. So it never actually got to a point of being infected, but it was really um, sensitive, and I was really sensitive going forward in terms of even becoming sexually active again Mm. you know I was it really it actually is a lot more of an emotional Mm. um impact I I suppose than Mm. I then I really would have given it credit for and yeah you know you do feel violated so um and that's not something that came from the research that was yeah just my experience but I had heard that, um, yeah, it's physiologically a lot easier to heal from a tear than 
Absolutely. And it's just important for mamas to know this, especially if you go with an obstetrician as your care provider that I know, um, you know, a lot of people do aim for natural births listening to this podcast while still having an obstetrician. Um, and mm. they have a much higher rate of this. And, um, and some obstetricians even are, like you said, if they do need to do any kind of instrumental, they do combine that with that. And some don't, like some will do an obs- um, will do a forceps uh, delivery without uh, an episiotomy. And if they are confident in also doing something called a vacuum or the kiwi cup or whatever you are in the world's different names, that um, that doesn't generally at all need episiotomy. So it's so much the the care provider if you are at higher risk mm. or not. So it's really important for mamas listening now that you choose your provider carefully and maybe discuss these things. Even if you aim to have a natural birth, uh, maybe home birth, birth in the birth, hospital birth, doesn't matter. If you are going with a care provider, you know that to, to discuss with them what is their way in case this would happen you know in case you would need some sort of assistance um to know their their preference and to choose wisely then if this is the preference you you want or not thank you for giving me the opportunity to just talk about that because i actually haven't so it's great that we could talk about that so let's dive on to um to your second birth so i know you said you did a lot of healing do you want to mention anything in particular that could help a mama who might have this who might have had a traumatic experience she's pregnant again she's listening to this podcast and she's like wanting to work through maybe some of her own uh trauma yeah yeah so for me personally i did um a, a few birth debriefs with some different practitioners um i also did some really deep kind of reflection just on my own terms so i journaled um did some meditations really i guess just looked back a lot on um, what came up for me in my previous birth and really tried to address a lot of those things. Um, and it's different for everyone what actually sort of surfaces. So just really took the time ultimately to, um, you know, do some investigation and get some support from other people in terms of their birth um, debriefing, but also, yeah, like I said, journaling and meditation and and everything. And then I um, really just spent some time becoming really at peace with what happened and moving kind of past that and really focusing on my next pregnancy on how this birth was going to go. So really trying to shed a lot of the, I guess, memories or expectations that things are going to go exactly the way, that, you know, or fears that things might go the way they did and just kind of shed that and really sort of look forward and and focused more on this particular pregnancy and how this birth was going to go. And although I had done a lot of childbirth education and hypnobirthing and all that kind of prep for the first, I did it again for the second. So, and sort of even more, I guess, I kind of deep dived further, you know, I just read more books and sort of extended my knowledge, I guess, and just really spent some time um, talking to my baby. So I, Mm. I spent a lot of time talking to my baby about how I wanted the birth to go felt really, really connected with him throughout the whole journey and, um, you know, obviously worked really closely with my partner in terms of writing our preferences and making sure we were really clear on what we wanted um, and that he was on the same page and all that kind of thing. And I felt really supported as well. So um, we both knew going in that 
um, you know, we could ha- we could handle the labour really well together because we'd done it before. So we had worked really well and, and we took a lot of great positive learnings from our first birth as well, you know, how well we work as a team and, mm. um, and even the first stage, you know, I took from that that, you know, I can handle that first stage of labour, that dilation phase mm. really well and without pain relief. I knew um, that, it, like, I had tried gas and air in that first birth and it didn't sit well with me, so... I knew I didn't want any of that. So I knew I was kind of like it's um, my birth partner and it's the water and that's all I've really got at my disposal and that's all I wanted. You know, I knew what I where I drew the line on a lot of things. Um, and, yeah, we planned again for another birth centre birth and had a really beautiful experience. We um, had in our preferences basically that we kind of just wanted to do it together. We didn't really want any um coach pushing again this time we we knew really clearly that we didn't really want the midwives to get too involved unless there was an absolute Mm. necessity for it um and they were amazing honestly i i can't credit them enough for being um really really respectful of our wishes so we got there and um you know got into the birth suite and I'm sure the midwife did check, you know, the heart rate and all of those things, but she was really discreet. And as far as I was aware at the time, I felt like she wasn't even in the room. I knew she was sitting in the corner observing and I know she would have had to have come up to me and done some checks, but she was so discreet that, you know, it felt really like it was just my husband and I. Mm. Um, And again, because I had really connected in with our baby and talked a lot to him throughout the pregnancy. I just remember going really inward during that birth and um, communicating nonstop with him. So I was talking to him in my head um, every single step of the way. And I do still strongly now really, really remember each moment of that um, birth and um, distinctly remember feeling every aspect of his descent down through the birth canal so every time that I had a surge and I felt him move and I was I was really aware of what was happening inside my body um but it wasn't anything at all like you know that created any kind of pain I don't even actually remember it being painful at all (laughs) I'm sure it probably you know, it was definitely challenging, don't get me wrong, like it was definitely hard work, um, but I don't actually remember it being painful because I was just so, so connected with the process and so connected mm-hmm. with him and really trusting and surrendering to this birth and trusting the process and trusting him and just knew that my body was doing exactly what it needed to be doing and my baby was doing all the right things because I could feel him moving down. And because I'd had the... um sort of intervention in that first birth I did end up having to have some um like a spinal um anesthesia what you know before that all happened and so I became really disconnected with Ollie that first time because I couldn't feel the pushing I had to get um someone you know obviously it was directed pushing with the forceps as well and so it was so powerful and actually quite healing that second time around to be able to be so connected to the baby and feel every aspect of his descent and um yeah be so aware of when he was crowning and when his head was being birthed and yeah it was just beautiful 
And, um, yeah, so we did it all um, basically just my husband and I and and Mickey, our little baby, and I really do believe that the baby is a big part of the birth team. So we think about our birth team um, and I'm a really, I tell people all the time, you know, your baby's your, your actually your baby is your closest birth partner because yeah. they're doing it too. Definitely. And, yeah. So, um, yeah, so the three of us uh, worked really well together as a team and had a beautiful, relatively quick birth. It was about six hours in total and we were all really healthy. He was actually bigger um, and I didn't even tear with him. It was just so, mm. like, really natural and, um, yeah, and then we were home within about four hours after he was born, so just enough time for sort of toast and tea and then <laughs> off we went home and it was actually great I just couldn't wait to get home and you know get to my older son and get him sort of settled as well so yeah yeah it was oh, really beautiful that's so beautiful what a healing healing second birth for you and definitely as you describe you just being so connected that it sounds like you were did you get to like birth and keep your placenta this time yes yeah so um actually got out of the pool to birth the placenta um I had planned on staying in the pool for the entire thing but I just felt like I wanted to get out um and he sort of latched on he woke he was born really hungry so he really <laughs> latched on within the first 10 minutes and um yeah my placenta took a little while to come down I think it was getting close to that hour point which I know in the hospital's you know, they start to get a little bit concerned about what's happening. Um, but, you know, with a little bit of guidance from the midwife, I think she just sort of asked me to cough and to sort of yeah. give a little bit of a push. Um, and, yeah, the placenta came out and I was able to keep it that time. So, yeah, really healing in a lot of ways actually, sort of everything that we wanted to happen the first time around happened the second time around. And, um, but also in its own right was its own beautiful birth that was really unique to our relationship with our second son. So mm, that's gorgeous. How lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Do you want a natural birth, Mama? Then a natural birth course might be for you. Do you see birth as a rite of passage? and an important and transformational event that you'd like to feel fully empowered in meeting? Are you, like many other women, realizing that it is time to take back your power as a birthing woman in the birth space and birth your baby your way? Would you like to feel calm and confident as you birth your baby with all the tools you need in order to meet the labor sensations naturally and be ready, body, mind and soul? Do you deeply down know that your body was made to birth your baby and that you have all the inherent power and inner wisdom to do so? Are you looking for holistic midwifery wisdom and guidance to assist you and give you all the evidence-based information you need in order to feel fully sovereign in your decision-making around your pregnancy and upcoming birth? Then the Natural Birth Course is for you. Find out more at thenaturalbirthcourse.com.
So then, so these two are both in the UK. And then yep. you came back to Australia for your third. Yeah. Yes. So um, I actually grew up in Australia and it was re- it, this, our third baby Hamish was um, not actually planned. He was mm-hmm. a little bit of a surprise, um, but so welcomed. I was I was not quite sure I was ever really finished having babies. So <laughs> I was pretty, I was pretty happy when he um, joined us or decided to join us. And um, just having had the experiences that I had the first two times and having really immersed myself in birth work here in Australia, especially um, for me, it just felt like a really um, natural decision to have a home birth Um because I work as a doula and I support other women, um, I'm really pro-choice in terms of where, you know, you ultimately you just have to birth where you feel safest. Um, but because I spend a lot of time in hospitals supporting other women and the birth centres here aren't quite like the ones that, yeah, I couldn't find anything that was quite like where I birthed in the UK that really did feel like a home from home. Um, I just knew for me personally I couldn't, sort of birth in the system and didn't really feel that I would really be able to fully relax and surrender into the birth, birthing in a location that I kind of associated with work, you know, because I work there sometimes (laughs) and I felt like I kind of explained it to other people, like it's kind of like going and giving birth in your office. Yes. Oh, I totally agree. Yes, I understand exactly what you mean. For sure. You know all the midwives, you know the doctors, you know all of them. And so yeah, it's strange to to imagine them seeing you naked or you know your vagina. It's just yeah, you know, for some reason it just it's so intimate somehow. You just want to be feeling really yeah, exactly. And I just think felt like I probably couldn't relax. I just knew that I'd be on edge waiting for someone to suggest an intervention or um, I don't know I just felt that there were probably some things that would make me anxious just from the second I walked in there Um, which is different to how I feel when I'm there as a support person Mm. but as my as my own birth I just knew from the outset that I definitely did not want to birth in a hospital Mm. Um, and having had this privilege of working alongside Libby for some other births Mm. I knew how wonderful she was as a midwife and Um, I guess I just already knew that we were really aligned in terms of our points of view and um, I knew how she kind of operated. So from really early on in my pregnancy, I knew I wanted Libby to be our midwife. Um, So kind of engaged her quite early in the process and, yeah, just worked towards having a beautiful home birth here. Um, My older children were present and um, my five-year-old was so excited and so we Mm -hmm. spent a lot of time um, doing you know some chats with him around what to expect and um, you know I I talk about childbirth all the time so he's pretty used to that but he Mm -hmm. and he comes to some of my like pregnancy groups and all that kind of thing but Mm -hmm. he's pretty into it and he was really excited about being my little doula Um, but I spent a lot of time just explaining to him what was going to happen and showing him some birth videos and really just making it really clear to him, you know, what to kind of expect. And then with our youngest, we weren't really sure how he was going to go in terms of, um, whether he would be, you know, he's 
because he's a bit younger and didn't really understand. But I did also spend some time explaining to him what noises I'd be making and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, incidentally, he actually slept through most of it because it was during his daytime nap. Oh, okay. Um, so he kind of slept through most of it and, um, yeah, kind of was there for the third stage. But um, I guess this one was, I don't know why, like after all the, um, I know so much about birth, but I just never expected to, I just, I was convinced I was going to have a nighttime labour because mm. I thought what would happen would be that I would um, sort of, you know, go through the day with the kids, the older two, and then like they would settle down for like bed at nighttime and then I'd have just kind of go into labour at night. But I actually went into labour um, at about four o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and it was really, really early um, and early stage, I mean, and like really manageable surges. So I wasn't even sure if I probably... I wasn't sure 100% that I was definite. Like I thought, oh, maybe this is just some early surges and it will just kind of peter out because that had happened a couple of times throughout the week. Um, But I messaged Libby and my doula as well and just said, like, this is what's going on about 8.30 by this point. I said, I've had some surges, but I'm just going to go about my day and I I think we'll probably, it'll be fine, but I just thought I'd I'd let you guys know. And how many weeks were you at this point? Uh, 39 plus one. Okay. So did you yeah. have so your other was, babies early as well? Or like early, I mean, with the. No. So my first was 41 plus one. Yeah. And then my second was 40 plus five. Okay. So slowly so, getting less yeah. and less. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So we went to the beach, and the beach is my happy place. You know, mm. it really is a. Um, you know, a place where I feel really comfortable and calm and confident. And I always associate surges in my labours like waves of the ocean. So being at the beach with my kids, kind of going through some of those early surges and that early stages of labour was really quite beautiful and I just really enjoyed it. So I'm not sure really even even today whether I just didn't want to admit it to myself that I was in labor because I was kind of keeping or if I was just keeping it to myself and kind of savoring the time I don't really know I'm sure I was kind of a mix of both (laughs) because I was definitely having some strong they were getting stronger and more regular but I was like no 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 we're fine and my husband was sort of they kept checking in with me are you okay good and I'm like yeah I'm fine I'm all good but I was really quiet and I was just sort of um, really just taking the time to just spend those last kind of moments mm. with my older two before this third one came to join us Earthside. Um, and just also just kind of, like I said, keeping it to myself and and my baby. But in the end, my partner, he's pretty clued up and intuitive to what I'm sort of feeling and, and looking like. And he said, you know, don't be a hero. You, you know, this is your third baby. So like, make sure you you give ourselves plenty of time. And I was like, okay. And then a couple of surges after that, I was like, yeah, we definitely need to go home. But I think in the back of my head, I was still convinced I was going to have a nighttime labor. And I just thought this is just going to go like this all day until mm. they, the boys go to bed. 
So because of that and because we planned to have a little fire in the backyard, I was like, oh, don't go straight home. You'll have to go and pick up some firewood first. So we've got the – so off we went and he's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. And then I stayed in the car with the older two boys while he went in and I was sitting there in the car thinking this was a really bad idea. I should have just told him to go straight home. We need to go. We need to go. And then as soon as he got back in the car, I was like, right, um, we definitely need to go home now. It's like, I thought so. So um, as soon as we got back, pretty much as soon as I closed the door and I was inside, it all just ramped up and it got like everything just started coming thick and fast from that point. Obviously, I felt like I was really in my safe zone. I was really comfortable yeah. at home. I'd set up this beautiful birth space um, where I'm sitting now actually. And, yeah, like I just kind of as soon as I got in, it just really kicked off. So um, I said, you need to call Libby for me and let her know. And he's like, shouldn't we count some contractions first? I'm like, no, no, you just need to ring her. So he kind of like took um, Mickey off to like in the pram for a little while to just get him off to sleep because he was kind of, we didn't really want him to fight the nap while we, all things were going, mm. you know, getting more and more um sort of tense with the birth well not tense but intense mm. and um so I said while you're while you're sort of pramming him around to get him to sleep just ring Libby for me and um yeah by the time uh, time just goes really weird but I think I got home I think we got home from the beach about 11 30 I don't actually have any real clear recollection when Libby and, and my doula turned up um but I, I remember when Colin got home from the walk with the boys him and my oldest Ollie like got straight onto filling the pool and as soon as that was ready I got into the pool and at some point I looked up and I could see Libby and the second midwife and my doula but I was like I have no idea what time that was um and yeah it was just a really beautiful labor but I had a lot of um I guess intense pressure in the back my lower back and in hindsight, now I know that was just um, Hamish really just moving through the birth canal, uh, the pelvis. Sorry, but what that what that triggered for me was um, I felt that I was worried that he was posterior as well, and so I was really conscious of I don't want this to go on all day and all night um, because it really sort of brought back a lot of memories of how I was feeling in my first birth with the really intense, intense sort of lower back pain. Um, and I had been really clear that I didn't want any VEs or anything like that, um, but I gave myself my own sort of internal and I couldn't actually feel Hamish's head. So uh, like Libby was sort of like, Are you? I think you might be involuntarily pushing and, you know, I think you're, you're closer than you think. I'm like, I'm not, I can't feel, I can't feel his head. And there was that moment because I couldn't feel his head, I was thinking, oh, no, he's in the wrong position. And um, But I said, I'll feel again and see, and I still couldn't feel his head. And I was like, oh, there's nothing there. And she's like, are you sure there's nothing there? And I'm like, well, there's not nothing there, but he's definitely not, a head, like his head's not where it should be. Um, anyway, but the next sort of, so the next surge, I just felt this big pop and it was my waters breaking. Ah. And then the second, the second surge after I'd said that to her, mm. um, his head was out. So he yeah. <laughs> kind of just torpedoed like, and, and then, um, then the third surge after that, his body was born and he kind of was in the water and 
it took me a minute to sort of realise what had happened, to be honest, because I, I kind of remember, I'm not sure if this, yeah, how it kind of played out exactly, but I, I'm, I kind of remember Libby saying to me, um, you can pick him up, you can pick him up, like he's there. And yeah. she did ask me later, she's like, did you realise you like he was yeah. there? And I was like, yeah, I knew, but it took me a second to sort of yeah. like, you know, really like kind of come back down to earth ultimately. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. And having my son there for the whole birth was incredible. He was such a beautiful support and he loved it. And he was, yeah, the the best affirmation, like looking at him and looking at, you know, knowing that I'd already birthed two beautiful babies into this world. Mm. Um, he was just the ultimate affirmation and he was brilliant in terms of um, the oxytocin support. You know, he was pouring water over my shoulders and he was in charge of the pool. And my husband's always been an amazing birth support person mm. throughout all three. So he was amazing as well. And just they together worked as a really good team <laughs> to really support me. And, um, yeah, there's some amazing photos that my beautiful doula took as well, just of the three of us kind of embracing and I really felt so supported and so loved by the two of them throughout the whole birth so beautiful yeah so then he was born so yeah we got home from beach about 11 30 and he was born at 2 43 so it was wow. that sort of whole time frame from when I got home to when he was born was pretty quick yeah. um and yeah then physiological third stage as well so I got out of the pool again this time and we um the placenta was born in about sort of 15 minutes um, and we had decided to do a, a cord burning ceremony. So um, by this point, my middle child, I keep calling him my youngest, but he's my middle child now, he had gotten up from his nap and he'd come in and you know, met, met Hamish and um, it was really beautiful doing the cord burning as a family because it was just a really nice way of severing that cord really at a slow pace mm. but involving all of us together so you know the two boys older boys were really mesmerized watching the flame and mm. it takes quite a long time I don't know if you've ever witnessed yeah. a cord burning but it yeah. takes like 15-20 minutes yeah. so um it was just such a special way of honoring you know the journey we'd been on and mm. um just yeah that sort of last phase of the birth and kind of you know, bringing Hamish earthside and and sort of cutting that cord rather than sort of just a quick snip. Yeah. So that was a really beautiful aspect of it as well. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, gorgeous. Such a beautiful <laughs> healing story. And when you said that, you know, how you, you got a bit scared that he wasn't coming, they might be posterior, you know, really that bag of waters was holding him up, hey, and probably yes. feeling, yeah. you know, it's just there's more room than in there, there's more, it takes up more space, so it would potentially also feel more maybe potentially painful or you could feel in the back just because, you know, it's just much more than just the baby, it's also the water's kind of pressing. And then usually, yeah. especially when you've had a baby before, you break your waters, you have a baby instantaneously almost. Yeah. <laughs> if, yeah. A, if a second time yeah. mom or anything has, you know, breaks her waters, I'm like, whoa, okay, let's get ready. <laughs> you know, because yeah, it's usually very close to to birth then. Yeah. 
Oh, it's so funny. He was born with like a perfectly round head. So he spent literally no time in like, <laughs> you know, sometimes they're born with it like a oh, bit yeah. of molding. But he, um, yeah, he just kind of came out with a perfectly round head. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, that was, it all makes sense now. But I do remember my waters broke, breaking really close to Hay- uh, to Mickey's birth as well. So he, the waters broke really close, like about two surges before his head was born as well. That was my second. So um, I think that's just how my waters go potentially. Yeah. So, yeah. And maybe but, if you have a yeah. fourth baba, you might not even break them at all. You might get one in the cold. Or are you done now? Is this third time? Oh. <laughs> yes, we are done. I, it's so funny because I, um, the whole way through the pregnancy, I was like, yes, definitely. The, like, this is our last baby. Um, mostly because you know, it took, the pregnancy took it out of me a little bit. I'm getting older now and, um, you know, just having two other children to run around afterwards while you're pregnant. Um, and also we've made a really, you know, we've made a conscious decision as a couple, um, that we need to really build a really good life for the three children we have. Um, so that has always been sort of the thing, but it's funny how hormones work because Hamish is 12 weeks. And just the other day, I was laughing to my husband about this the other day. I was like, I'm already kind of going, I can think I could maybe do the fourth one, (laughs) but we are definitely sticking to the three. It's just that hormonal thing of, oh, my last baby. And, um, yeah, just, it's funny how you can kind of forget some of the other things that you've consciously thought about in terms of, you know. I know that, and I really do believe that the pregnancy takes, has an impact on everyone in the family. It's, it wasn't just me that it impacted, but it impacted the older two as well in terms of the way I was able to play with them and, um, you know, obviously had an impact on my husband. And, um, yeah, I just really think that we, we've been really consciously kind of discussing how we want to be able to be the parents that we need to be for these three boys and, mm-hmm. Um, I do believe, I do feel for me anyway, that like I'm stretching myself thinner and thinner with, mm. with each subsequent child. So I think any more would put, put a bit of a strain on me, but yeah, yeah I could definitely, I could do a hundred births. Though, yeah. Honestly, I think I could do like a hundred births, but it's just the having to, um, you know, they're, they're forever and I love being a mum, but it's a lot of work and I really feel that I, I need to honour the three children that I've got with their, you know, time with yeah, me. <laughs> gosh. Imagine, you know, you know, obviously this still happens around the world, but, I mean, my great-grandmother and, you know, grandmothers both had, you know, 12 or 13 children. I know. It's I mean, it's just, you know, back then that's what you did. That's just what family yeah. did. You had a lot of children and they would have yeah. all been born uh, at home, you know, and yeah. Yes, I know. I think if I'd started younger, I'd definitely mm-hmm. still be going. Of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But it's just fascinating to me that a woman's body can do that. You know, it's just so yeah, fascinating. I know. I know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And those women must have spent like most of their adult life pregnant. Mm. Or breastfeeding, breastfeeding. Or both. yes, yeah. <laughs> <And birth. laughs> crazy, yeah. Mm. So, if you had a first-time mama in front of you right now, who's about to have her first baby, and she really wants to have a natural and empowering birth experience, what advice and pearls of wisdoms would you give to her? 
Um, probably um, I would definitely say to them that they need to do some like birth preparation, however that looks, whether that's childbirth education classes or reading some books and making sure that it's not just them that's doing that but actually taking their partner on that journey as well mm. um, because a lot of the time those childbirth education classes are really kind of in some ways more beneficial for the partner than the mm. birthing woman who's probably more likely to do some reading and some research herself mm. um, but they learn a lot from that so that's number one like get prepped up and make sure you know what like all like not all the things that will happen but you know some of the things that potentially may happen or may come up in your birth and um you know what your decisions are going to be around those beforehand so that you and your partner can you know you know that your partner can support you um choose your team really wisely so you know however that looks it might be that you've you you know you just want you and your partner but make sure that your partner is really you know um well versed in how best to support you if that's your choice or you know assemble a team that you know will ultimately create that beautiful support for you so if that includes a midwife or a doula or both um however that kind of looks for you as an individual so definitely sort of build the team and um, ultimately that you need to birth where you feel you are most going to be honoured and supported and, mm-hmm. and emotionally and sort of physically safe. So if you feel that you are going to ultimately feel better in a hospital setting versus a home birth setting, then choose that. If you feel that you're going to be more supported and more comfortable in a home setting, then obviously choose what's right for you because it's it's really individual. Yeah. So, yeah, do some sort of thinking around that as well. So I guess they're my three key things. So, yeah, get prepped, get a team and figure out where you feel safest. 100%. Couldn't say it better myself. <laughs> this is so important what you just shared. Thank you so much, Fiona, for coming on the Natural Birth Podcast. It's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for having me. I really, I've enjoyed it. I could talk about birth all day. So (laughs) So thank you so much for listening to my probably long-winded story. Sorry if they're a bit long. No, it's beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. If you love this podcast, then please share it rate it on iTunes and leave a comment. If you want to connect on social media, you can find me on Facebook as The Spiritual Midwife or on Instagram as The underscore Spiritual underscore Midwife. Thank you for listening.